a culture of innovation. We interview exceptional leaders who embrace and demonstrate innovation, hear their stories, and listen as we explore turning ideas into tangible ways to create value and cultivate innovation as a way of life. Listen and be inspired as an innovative leader. Together, we shape culture and change the world. Culture of Innovation is brought to you by Ridge Innovative, where we practice innovation with a purpose to help companies use technology and breakthrough strategies to achieve business outcomes. And I'm your host, Nancy Ridge. Today, I am super excited to introduce our guest, Skylar Stewart. Just a little bit about Skylar. He's been very successful for the last 19 plus years, building national and global channel partner sales organizations in the wireline, wireless, voice, data, and cloud industries. He's served in various channel sales and executive leadership roles for successful startups, as well as channel chief at Telesphere, overseeing all indirect channel sales nationally. And Skyler was instrumental in the expansion of that channel, which was then acquired by Vonage Business in 2015. Currently, he has, I think, the coolest title in the industry. <laughs> he <laughs> serves as the head of AIoT for Epic.io, leading a team of experts making a safer, smarter, and more connected world for smart cities across the country. And in addition to being the recipient of numerous performance and president's club awards during his career, Skylar specializes in customizing solutions for large enterprise customers who are seeking a superior solution, ranging from security, AI, IoT, unified communications, contact center services, SD-WAN, and various other SaaS services. While away from the office, Skylar enjoys spending time with his wife and their two boys while seeking ways to fulfill his need for speed. Oh, I relate to that. <laughs> and prior to his professional telecom career, Skylar raced motocross professionally around the globe, which is always fun to talk about. So welcome, Skylar. Thank you, Nancy. I'm happy to be here. I love that need for speed and the motocross. Um, Lots of good stories there. Can you give me like maybe just something uh, that you do today that helps you find that need for speed besides AIoT? Yeah. So I mean, that is that's my uh, that's my stress relief is is going a uh, fast uh, 100 miles an hour plus. So I've been racing <laughs> motorcycles my my whole life. Anything on four wheels or two wheels. It was a uh, kind of a, a family. Um, uh, adventure that we would always do. And so, uh, whenever we have one of those days, I hop on a motorcycle and clear my mind. And that's, that's, that's my relief. That's what I love. <laughs> I love it. Well, you know, it fits right in because our topic today is cultivating an innovative mindset, all things IOT and AI. And certainly that's a mindset that you're talking about right there. And I don't think there's any mistakes that you love speed and you love taking risks and you're in this mm -hmm. business. So it sounds like a fit for me. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, that's IOT. Everything uh, is fast paced. So it, it fits into my mentality. <laughs> <laughs> in the right place. Mm -hmm. So, but for our listeners, I thought it might be helpful to just start with a simple definition of IOT. And the one I like simply says that IOT embeds digital technology into the physical world. And I love that. You know, we used to, think of computers as being the only way to um, 
that the only way they got information was from people. But now because of IoT, computers get information from other devices, literally thousands of them. So Mm -hmm. thinking about how technology has blurred the lines between the physical and the digital world, that really requires a change in mindset. you know, with your new title at Epic.io, which again, I just have to say it again, you know, leader of AIoT channel sales. <laughs> I made it up. I made it up. It sounded good. <laughs> it's really good. So, I mean, your head is clearly in the space. So was that shift gradual or more like flipping a switch? I mean, it's been gradual, but uh, IoT has been around for, I, I think, about 22 years, I think, when the acronym was coined. Um, so it's been around for a long time. Uh, customers, partners, they, they you know really haven't capitalized on it. But I think where it's came from was um, really you know starting out 22 years ago and really adopting this technology. If you look around, there's sensors, there's IoT all around us. Um, but it's really came from a siloed solution that hasn't been um, widely adopted uh, because you, you'd have to source out your sensors, your AI and the cameras. And then where do you ingest that data, which is the whole point of IoT. And so that's really where it's came over this last 22 years. And I'd say over the last three to five is where, you know, companies like ours, like Epic IO has made this easy for customers to consume and understand and see the ROI. Um, and so I think over these next, um, you know, five to six years, you're going to see IOT in the mainstream, um, across all enterprises for sure. I agree. And, you know, uh, just to expound a little further on IOT, you said a couple of things, you talked about some of the elements that are required and, and maybe you could just expand on that a little bit more. You mentioned sensors, for example, and connectivity. So what does a typical structure look like? Sure. Sure. And, and these are the nuts and bolts, right. Uh, of how the, the solution is deployed and what we really go, go to market with. And when we're talking to customers is really more about the outcome and, and mm-hmm. what they're trying to achieve. So instead of, um, and I'll talk about the nuts and bolts of how that's deployed, but when we, we are talking with a customer, it is more solving business problems um, for that customer. And it could be in operations, it could be in HR, or it could be in, in marketing for revenue generation or loss prevention in retail. And once we uncover that problem, which, you know, every, every business um, has some sort of problem that, that can be solved. And then we back in the technology to that. Um, and then the customer can actually see that true ROI. Um, but typically it could be, um, you know, our three core pillars are really, you know, the connectivity piece, um, IOT and artificial intelligence. And we're combining all three of those back to my original point of making it easy and consumable into an integrated end to end solution. Um, one of those pillars is great. It can still provide an outcome. Um, but with all three that really gives the customer an ROI and that could be a sensor on a, on a piece of manufacturing equipment. It could be artificial intelligence for site security, um, and then obviously connectivity, which you need for any one of those components, either as a primary, a backup, you name it. So um, that's that's really the, the focus and what customers should understand of the value and the ROI they can get out of it. Hmm, I, that's great. And, and I want to get into use cases in a few minutes, but first I wanted to just pause because you hit on you know some other good points there regarding just the scope of what's possible 
with IoT. And coming from a telco background, as you and I both have, mm-hmm. we used to say one of the taglines was reach out and touch someone. <laughs> That's right. And, and, you know, with IoT, we now say reach out and touch everything. Mm-hmm. So the scale of IoT and AI can be, frankly, overwhelming. And I think for some people, a little bit intimidating. How can um, we put the concept of these billions of connections and the metadata that it produces into our daily lives? Great question. I mean, if you look around, um, me being an IoT and AI or AIoT, uh, which I coined, um, it's really, if you look around, there is IoT all around us. Look inside of your home with uh, cameras and your apps and uh, your, your smart locks uh, on your home, things like that. There is IoT all around. And, and I, I, I encourage customers and partners to really just open up and, and, and really look around yourself because it's, it's all around us. Um, <laughs> think about you know, a, a perfect use case. You know, think about someone walking around with a clipboard. And I say this all the time, just a very basic concept of if your business is walking around with a clipboard, um, ch- manually checking temperature gauges or fuel levels or maintenance of manufacturing equipment or HVAC. Uh, you can, especially right now with the lack of workforce and just the, the current economy, um, customers can reallocate that headcount elsewhere. And we can automate that by IoT and providing the data and the real-time alerts that uh, uh, is an immediate ROI for the customer. That's super useful and so timely because these are problems that need to be solved today. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, Skylar, I've gotten to spend a little time with you over the last few months, which has been really fun. Um, but one of the things that I've really noticed and why I wanted you to come on the show today is because I noticed how you see applications everywhere. Like I can almost see it in your expression. You know, you're looking around, <laughs> you get that gleam in your eye. <laughs> mm-hmm. And and that really is a mindset, by the way. Um, one, of my fav- one of my favorite books is called Mindset by Carol Dweck. And mm-hmm. she talks about that, you know, how people who have that, that open mindset that are always learning find so much joy in just all the, the possibilities that they see. And I certainly see that you have that particular type of mindset. Yet, as I've been having conversations and really started talking more and more about AI and IoT with people, use cases and their environments, you know, oftentimes they'll look at me with not the same expression you're wearing, (laughs) but Mm -hmm. that kind of wide-eyed stare, almost the deer in the headlights, like they're trying to connect with this concept that I'm putting forward. So clearly not everyone sees the world the way you do. What can you tell our listeners about the projected rate of adoption for IoT? Because I think this is something that we need to all catch on to. Well, absolutely. I I mean, the facts are out there. Um, uh, For example, 55% of all data will be IoT by 2025. So that's big, right? And 70% of enterprises will run some uh, IoT use case by 2023. 70% of enterprises. Wow will run some IoT use case by 2023. So the thing is, customers don't know what they don't know, right? Mm. Now that this has been a true, you know, easy integrated solution, um, we have to educate customers on the ROI and the value of our of, of IoT. 
um, uncover that problem, like I mentioned earlier, um, show them the ROI and how the efficiencies of IoT can improve their business and solve those problems. So IoT is coming. It's it's not going anywhere. Um, and you're going to, like I mentioned, you're going to see this over this, these next few years become mainstream and really uh, it's going to take a little time. Uh, and But customers are going to start seeing this around them, see, talking to other businesses and saying, hey, I need to do this. I need to solve for hospitality and water leak detection or dumpster levels or uh, revenue generation in retail with a customer experience and efficiencies, things like that. So again, I mean, IOT is all around us. Uh, just, <laughs> just got to open your eyes. <laughs> <laughs> so is that how it is for, for you? You're just in the world and you're, you know, you just got back from traveling. So, you know, everywhere you go, are you thinking, Hmm, that would be a good application. <laughs> oh, a hundred percent. I'm walking through the airport and the, um, the moving sidewalks and I could say, all right, let's do digital signage here. There's wait times here. Um, what's your plane, you know, going to depart. I mean, it, 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 if you look at it, uh, there is so many applications and the landscape is so wide for IOT. And that's to my facts earlier. Now you're going to start seeing the adoption across the country and, uh, you'll be able to see it very clearly. <laughs> I love that. And I'd love to dive into a little bit more like how that that way of looking at the world can really change everything and bring these possibilities to the fore. And of course, you know, it's it's all fun, but we're also solving these important problems, as you mentioned earlier. Mm -hmm. um, and the, the workforce, the, the talent war that's on right now is something that every business is struggling with, really finding employees that can serve those key roles and making sure that they're using their skills to the best of their ability. So that seems to be a place where in the past, I have encountered some resistance from leaders who feel like, hmm, I don't want to displace employees. Do you ever run up against that? And how do you address that mindset? No, absolutely not. I mean, we're not, we're not providing robots and, and this isn't something where we're replacing employees. I mean, this is, like I mentioned earlier, this is the perfect time to implement efficiencies and collecting that data and real-time outcomes. Mm -hmm. uh, because again, uh, you know, everybody could be twice as large with twice as amount of employees, but, you know, a lot of people are wearing multiple hats. So back to my clipboard analogy or anybody rolling a truck to go manually check on something, you can automate that with efficiencies and then use that headcount in a more efficient way. Um, and, and again, there's your immediate ROI. So it's, it runs across all different verticals, hospitality, retail, healthcare, manufacturing, smart cities, um, it, it runs the gamut there. So it's not replacing employees. It's making the business more efficient, more profitable, um, and using those employees uh, in a better way by using technology and automating that. That's fantastic. Um, and I have to admit that you've changed my set, mindset regarding uh, AI and IoT. Um, and I'm starting to see applications everywhere in my life. For mm -hmm. example, uh, many of the people who know me know that I'm an avid equestrian. Uh, I love horses. I compete every chance I get. And one of my favorite places is just being at the stable, which is an equestrian facility. We also um, go, get to compete at some incredible facilities here in Southern California. And after you and I had our last discussion, I started thinking about that. And as I was walking around the stable, I noticed applications everywhere. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 
And I've since reached reached out to the CEO of one of the largest show facilities in the West. And, you know, he's eager to talk about it. And I, you know, I look at all the different applications, even, you know, in a, an equestrian show facility. Mm-hmm. Oh, sp- spot on. Uh, I think that's how uh, uh, we had uh, something in common, not from just boots, but uh, <laughs> riding horses and uh, uh, our background. So I love it. I love it. Um, but if you think if you think about that equestrian park, right? So mm-hmm. I'm just spitballing off the top of my head. You've got a large Perfect. facility. Uh, you've got a lot of equipment, a lot of um, tractors and golf carts um, and probably very expensive horses that are there. So if you think about it from the outside in, you're talking about site security to make sure that no, there's no theft, there's no one taking their horses from there. But then the operations, kind of digging into the operations of the business, everything from water conservation, right? Mm-hmm. So especially, you know, California all the way nationwide, that is that is a problem right now. So yes. monitoring things like soil or, soil and moisture, right? Inside of the facilities or inside of the arenas. Are you right. overwatering? Are you underwatering? Or mm-hmm. when you go to hop on that tractor and you have customers waiting to ride inside of the arena, uh, now that tractor breaks and now everyone else is waiting. So there you've got um, customer experience, efficiencies. And so monitoring health of motors and tractors and asset tracking of your golf mm-hmm. carts, your rakes, um, the mm-hmm. shoot, even the horses themselves um, <laughs> of, of where they're at, right? And so, uh, and if a, a gate's left open and you, you own a very expensive horse, want it, you're going to want to know if that gate has been left open by you or someone else. Um, and that horse, you know, trots off into the, into the sunset. 100%. So all of that. Yeah. Yeah. Not to mention, you know, just parking all the vehicles, you know, they're trying to accommodate on a big show day. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, any, any type of venue, not, not just a equestrian. I mean, we've all been to venues and after the concert or the, or the sporting events, we're all just cramming in there like fish and trying to get out a certain exit, automate that and give that better customer experience to where, you know, a combination of AI and IOT, where there's, you know, more than 50 cars at exit one, then automatically alert the person with the flag and open up exit two and start directing traffic over this direction because there's less cars waiting. Right. So there's again, it's a different mindset um, that customers and partners have to, you know, open their eyes to of not just uh, technology, but what are we solving? Is it the how many cars are waiting or is it the gate that's been left open for your horse? Oh, yeah. I mean, that really is the bottom line is I think many organizations will find that right off the top, solving for customer experience is the number one. Everybody's seeking a way to improve customer experience because we know that's the path to revenue. Exactly. But then, then there's that other path too that you mentioned, which is you know reducing cost. Mm-hmm. Uh, has uh, Epic IO done many ROI studies? Is that something that your team looks into or helps customers with? Oh, absolutely. Um, I'll give you a couple examples. Uh, mm-hmm. So, you know, smart hospitality or slash, you know, property management. If you think about a multi-level hotel, uh, you if you have a water leak in a sink, and, it, and trust me, this is where, uh, as you just mentioned, Nancy, when I walk into somewhere, I see that shower <laughs> leaking. I see that shower leaking and dripping and I try to turn it off and it won't stop or the sink or or the toilet, whatever it is. And I go, well, we could put a sensor in here and we could solve that problem. And you're going to save a lot on your water bill if you look at that annually. Um, But, you know, things, simple things like that, right? To where if there's a water leak on floor seven uh, and no one notices that 
And then the damage, the water damage going down from floor seven and below, um, there's your immediate ROI. That stuff happens all the time or anything from just temperature monitoring. If a freezer or refrigerator is left open, um, then look at, you know, your loss prevention there of your inventory. Um, I mean, especially in healthcare, you have mm -hmm. nurses and staff going around with a clipboard again, manually checking their vaccines and their cold storage, and they should really be taking care of the patients, right? Instead of yes. going and going and checking uh, on a temperature gauge or even manufacturing, right? So mm -hmm. how can you gauge the efficiency of your entire process, right? Everything from the unfinished product into your manufacturing plant to, um, all the way till that finished product is out. And how do you know Bob versus Sally um, is spending more time on station one versus station two, right? And then um, everything from the actual, you know, station one, the actual hardware, right, of the manufacturing plant is what's the health of that? Is there excessive vibration? Is there um, uh, something breaking on that and no one knows about it, uh, which is can be costly, not just for the piece of equipment, but for shutting down manufacturing uh, right. of that product, which is even bigger. So yeah, huge, huge. Yep. And, you know, I think about that in terms of artificial intelligence, because most of us have had that experience. I just think about our automobiles when you're in your car and you're like, hmm, something doesn't sound right. That's right. a sound I haven't heard before, right? Right. And, and that's where we're using our intelligence. We take the car to the mechanic and we try to um, we try to avoid any costly repair. And what you're talking about with artificial intelligence is it's, it's measuring the vibration, let's say, to make sure that that thing's humming along the way it's supposed to. And if there's any deviation, there's a notification. So mm -hmm. uh, I think that's a really great example of artificial intelligence. Spot on. Uh, that's the ex same scenario of someone with a clipboard or someone rolling a truck to go check on something. Same thing with someone with a car that something doesn't sound right or a light goes off and then you basically reverse reverse engineer that and they go into the mechanic and they they tell you what's wrong. And, and as you can see, a good another good example, cars are getting smarter. Um, they're telling you your air pressure. They're telling you um, if you've got any motor problems or anything like that. So again, same concept of immediately notifying you before something bigger goes wrong. I mean, mm -hmm. self-driving cars. We've got uh, at our headquarters in South Carolina, we're working with a local college there where they're uh, in their innovation center. They've got a self-driving car that goes around the campus. Um, and so we're sponsoring that and we're helping with that technology Um while personally, I'm not quite sure about self-driving cars. Um, I, I'm a old school kind of person. I, I like to get behind the wheel, uh, not have someone else control that. But uh, that that technology is coming, right? Absolutely. In fact, um, I know there's been some headlines in the news just recently about how Ford is looking at themselves as a technology company now, mm -hmm. as opposed to looking at themselves as a car company. <laughs> Correct. Correct. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, now, you know, my uh, our podcast here is Culture of Innovation. And you meant it, you said something a moment ago that really, I think, speaks to that when you talked about the nurse who's checking fluids or temperatures or whatnot with mm -hmm. a clipboard. And we know that another factor that brings revenue that improves customer experience is good employee experience. Mm -hmm. So that employee, that nurse who's highly educated and I'm sure uh, in many cases has a heavy workload in terms of the number of patients that they're seeing, especially in these recent times, 
right? Mm-hmm. We've seen our right. healthcare workers really extended. Um, what a better employee experience for them if they don't have to do that anymore. Oh, 100%. Um, everything from healthcare, you, you nailed it spot on, even hospitality, right? I mean, there's some mandates going on state by state for panic buttons for employee mm-hmm. safety, right? Mm-hmm. So uh, if, an, if an employee on level seven that's you know cleaning a room and they're in trouble or there's a, a bad person there that tries to harm them, having panic buttons, uh, again, for employee safety, employee satisfaction, um, uh, so much of that in IoT. I love it. And that really is, you know, bringing a culture of caring for the employee through technology to these various environments, which uh, that warms my heart a bit. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. Both both employee, you know, satisfaction and customer satisfaction. Right. So you can apply IoT and AI, you know, to both of those use cases. One hundred percent. Well, it really is uh, a shift in our culture, and uh, I appreciate how you've opened and changed my mindset to look at the world differently today, to see the possibilities. And I thank you for coming on today and giving us some really good examples of you know what that looks like and how we can be engaged in it in a positive way. Thank Absolutely. You. Absolutely. Thank you, Nancy. So I always like to close before I let you go today by having a little fun. And I ask my guests, what innovation would you most like to see gain adoption? And it could be anything, anything at all. Oh, boy. Um, well, there's the the art of the possible and the art of the realistic. Uh, <laughs> t- two different answers there. Uh, yeah, I'd like to teleport back in time and <laughs> change change some of the, the paths that I've been down <laughs> for sure. But I don't think that's going to happen anytime soon. Um, but I mean, there's so much that's coming and that, that uh, you know, people aren't aware of. Like I mentioned, self-driving cars, um, but things, you know, integrating into... Uh, again, back to the safety of customers and employees, you know, uh, I've seen um, some AI tests out there for erratic behavior, artificial intelligence to where when you're at a venue or say at your equestrian park, right, to where mm-hmm. when someone um, is starting to yell and, and act erratic with their hands or starting to push, being able to see that and alert on-site security or whoever needs to know before it escalates and someone gets hurt. Um I've, I've dealt in uh, technology with drones, right? To where mm-hmm. you, you can have first responders out there. I'd really like to see that take off in terms of, you know, say a fire department um, and there's an accident or a fire uh, across town um, in their area and then immediately launch drones to go get eyes on to uh, the accident or the incident that's occurring so that uh, the first responders know what they're getting into, both, you know, fire mm-hmm. and police. Um, and even site security with drones, you know, using Mm -hmm. AI and, um, I know drones is kind of a, um, uh, uh, topic that, you know, people feel differently about, but I think using it for first responders in a good way, people protecting us in our communities, uh, can be beneficial. Um, and boy, the, the technology is coming, whether, uh, you want to adopt it or not, it's how you apply it to your business, to your communities, to make people safer. Like we talked about. Uh, and make your business more efficient. So, uh, but maybe teleporting. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I, I, uh, it's, it's so funny we laugh, but I think 
a lot of innovation and technology gets its start in science fiction. I mean, if you like right. science fiction, which a lot of us techies do, you know, you go back to some of those stories and the Star Trek days and everything else. And some of those things are real today. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Well, I, th I probably number one would be the DeLorean off of Back to the Future. So we'll, right. we'll go with that. Maybe <laughs> maybe a DeLorean will come out. <laughs> oh, well, that, that would fulfill your need for speed as well. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Awesome. Well, thanks again for joining us today. And thank you to our listeners for being with us. And don't forget to subscribe at iTunes to get updates on new episodes. You'll also find us at www.soundcloud.com, Culture of Innovation. And be sure to check us out at www.ridgeinnovative.com. Have a breakthrough day. and We'll see you next time. <laughs>